You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Wake Up Tucson show. It's a it's a rough day today because we're out of a, pi- a filthy pirate coffee and uh, Matt's drinking Folgers for God's sake. You so. don't like my coffee? Come on! No, I don't. It's not your fault. You're working with bad material. They have things called crystals in them for God's sakes, flavor crystals, Matt. So I'd say I did okay. I'm not saying we, we, we did okay. You can only do so much with crap, as, as we like to say. So uh, I did uh, text Dan to tell me when I can go pick up Filthy Pirate as fast as possible, and I actually uh, ended it with hashtag save Matt. <laughs> so. There's a long list of people trying to do that. So I just want to explain to you, and I'm going to need – we're going to need a little call to action here from the, uh, the Wakies, okay? This Adelita Grijalva – um, attempt. So not only does she want to kill your free speech, um, uh, her and Betsy Smith want to kill your free speech this week. Okay. Um, the, um, it's the idea that she wants to now, not just kill your free speech at the call to the audience. She'd like to kill your, the free speech of, oh, I don't know, elected officials. And so um, we were talking about the the four elected officials who really hate the Tucson Crime Freeze Coalition's uh, attempt to solve, you know, the victimization of business owners and the uh, citizens and the working poor and our brothers and sisters who are hooked on this fentanyl crap. Um, they just hate them. So we were we we're putting the antonyms together, and Bill Number One put it right, which is uh, char. Right. So Conover, Hines, Adelita, Rahina, because they're just going to let it burn. So that's that's going to be the new uh, acronym for the uh, Tucson Crime Free Hating Quartet. Sounds like a jazz quartet. Music's very discordant, very undisciplined. Um. So this just came out. And this came from, this came out, let's see what it says here. This is January 30th at 3.38 and 51 seconds from Bernadette Russell to all the Board of Supervisors and it looks like their staffs and, of course, some of the people in, um, you know, just administration. She's the administrative specialist to the Pima County Clerk of the Board's office. And so we have, um, this was sent to me by a few different people from a variety of corners, uh, including some people in the bureaucracy of Pima County. And so what want, what she wants to do at Alita is, again... Any of your ele- these elected officials must include, okay, they must submit to the clerk of the board no later than 13 calendar days from a scheduled meeting date. So you have to submit your agenda items 13 days before the board meeting. Then your form 
will be uh, approved by the clerk of the board. So the bureaucrat is going to determine whether or not you filled out a form completely or accurately enough for it to get. If you don't do that, it'll get kicked back to that supervisor to make sure they do it better. Then all addenda items must be included in a board of supervisors form, the one I just told you about, which will be reviewed by the lawyer, which I assume is Mr. Brown, who, again, remember, used to work for Adelita as the lawyer at TUSD. So a tradition of not excellence, as we like to say. Uh, Prior to the placement of the item on the addendum, including proclamations and board commission committee appointments and reappointments. So think about that. So if you want to put an addenda item to add somebody onto the th- onto a, a, a committee, which most of them don't do anything anyway, uh, it has to be approved by the clerk of the board of the way you filled out the form, and then the lawyer has to approve whether or not that's worthy enough to get on the... Do you understand how this is an absolute uh, perversion of the job of a supervisor? Right. And the will, if they always say, well, the, the voters put us in, but right? they always say that, you don't know, like me. the voters of, of district blank put us here. Well, now you're saying that the voters of blank districts elected official can't do their job without getting approved by two bureaucrats. Uh, yeah. Uh, give me Polly holiday, please. I think that's exactly where we're going here. That's uh, of course flow from, um, Alice, uh, here we go. Kiss my grits. There it is. Get to kiss my grits. So I'm telling you, you need to hit these people up in the emails and you think you need to show up to the meeting on, on Tuesday. This is a biggie. So I, I, I you know, I know Dan's going to follow it up. Do you think anyone else is going to care in this town? And to me, Adelita is carrying the water of the mayor on this. This is a this is a direct hit. Think about it, right? Let's go, let's 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 take this back to that uh, email that jo- Joanne Foya requested, right? The one where it's Adelita complaining to Sharon Bronson about putting this agenda item on that just gives a bully pulpit to these, my words, these quote fools from the uh, uh, Tucson Crime Free Coalition. Bullet. Remember, she's complaining about bully pulpit for them, the lady who cheered on people chaining themselves to desks. Remember that? Have you guys remember that or not? But that's what that's what happened. Okay, that's why it's interesting because uh, all the things that all the demonstrations that was the big one at TUSD. But they had a lot of people show up in force over subject A or subject sure. B. Sure, so, Pima County Board of Supervisors too. Yep. I mean, so somebody who knows about turning a meeting into a circus, right? Or just to be more benevolent in my language, who knows something about activating uh, activating uh, a demographic or a, a group to get the supervisor's attention. So there, I said it nicely. Right. So that's <laughs> right. that's what that's all about. <laughs> and you need and you need to email these people or you need to show up to the meeting. You want to call to action. This is a call to action. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, God forbid another Grijalva tries to screw up local, screw up Southern Arizona again, but you need to hit them all. You need to email them and you need to tell them wrong. This one, 
I mean, this is this is trying to change the way governance is done in in, in Pima County. I mean, it's already broken already. The guy you need to hit is Rex Scott. Because I can't see Steve or, or Sharon going for this. And Rex Scott's the one. Now, Matt Hines doesn't care. This is a one this is a one-term ride for Matt. He's so sick of you peons. Right? I mean, he's even sick of just being there with all, all with the rest of the board members who he feel other than Adelita because, you know, she's one of the princesses of the machine that can choke him when he goes for a bigger office. Right? But uh, I, I, you got you got you got to pound the crap out of Rex Scott's uh, email and give him a phone call. Be calm and assertive. Be nice, but tell him you need you need to fight against this. I mean, and of course, uh, I'll tell you if Rex Scott votes for this one, then he's definitely not coming back for a second term. Maybe you can be Adelita's chief of staff. Maybe she'll take you over there, and you can feel important again. But I'm telling you. Pay attention to this one because right now the, the only people who might cover this is me and Dan Shearer. If you think the Arizona Daily Star is going to cover it, I don't know. So let's uh, go to the Wayback Machine a few years ago. I love and, the Wayback Machine. About, think about the things that uh, Allie Miller submitted for meetings that would never have made it to the um, correct to the agenda. Correct. Right. Right. Oh, I know. How about a discussion on? on supervisors having little discretionary funds that they can that they can dole out to constituencies uh, to kind of, you know, Correct. put a favorable impression of themselves in those constituencies. Right. That never would have gotten discussed. And uh, even though she was a one vote, once it was out there in the open under the light of day, they really couldn't defend what they were doing. When you're an elected... And she, had, she was a one vote and it had to, it had to go away. When you're an elected official and you bring up these things, it just makes a difference, right? I mean, I've told people with the city of Tucson races coming up later this year that we need people to run for these council seats. I don't know how the mayor thing is going to play out, but I need people to run for council seats because if you can get – because someone's like, oh, I'll get pounded if I'm the one person. I Let's say I take out uh, the dude in the election, right, and I'm now the one Republican or independent out there. Well, you know something? Look at the voice you have. Look at this loser Kazachik. Right, he's on the news all the time because he's a council person, right? The 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 seventeen year olds that run the news department when they say, "Oh, you're an elected official," it just carries that extra weight. So if you were a, a someone who, even if you were a reasonable Democrat and not a uh, a Rahina Flavorade drinker, Matt's corrected me. Uh, sorry, Hastings, Nebraska, for the last thirteen years of radio. Okay, um, is. You know, if you were that person, that voice of reason, you'd be on TV. If you said, hey, can I, can, can, I want to talk to you about this, right? Do you think they'd send a junior reporter? I mean, look how many times Steve shot his mouth off in front of the McHale Center. There was always a reporter going, what, Steve? What? Right? That's how, that, you want to talk about incremental wins? That's incremental wins. Right, you want you want to have a uh, you want to change the the dialogue in this town. You want to change how elections work and how people think about voting for various people. Well, if you had elected officials that didn't sound like either sound like crazies like Rahina or Elaine Santa Cruz, right, or the ones that hide like because uh, like Cunningham or Nikki Lee, Tucson would be a better place. So anyway, District One at Pima.gov, District Two, hit them all. You need to email them and say this is wrong. 
And I need you to show up to that meeting next Tuesday. You need to show up to that meeting next Tuesday. Nine o'clock. I know they want you to take off from your job, but if you can, do it up. Join us. 718 in the morning. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 10th of the Voice, local news and talk. Place where the First Amendment is celebrated here at Wake Up Tucson. 719 in the morning. Little West Montgomery, you're on 1030 of the Voice, local news and talk. All right. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 of the Voice. It's about 724 in the morning. So in case you got to go to work. Remember the old days, if you worked with uh, the county, remember? Still got another couple hours of sleep. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. But actually, we've learned in the past, right? We had this discussion. Huckleberry at least wanted them to come back to work where the the city. You know, we had the story about Kevin McCarthy saying 47% of federal employees that should be in the office are still working from Amazing. home. Amazing. Right? How many? Here's a great question for the, the next time uh, uh, the mayor or Lane are on uh, Burt Lee's show or one of those things is uh, what percentage, or Mike Ortega, what percentage of uh, City of Tucson employees are still working from home? I bet that number might make you throw up in your mouth a little bit. Just telling you. Just telling you. <laughs> Um, Bev up in Catalina, home of It's Greek to Me, Pottery Fiesta, and Ranchero's Market. Best Carnitas uh, up on in Oracle Road right now, up on the north side of Oracle. Um, so she goes, what about the tremendous, horrendous amount of trash heading east when we, this is on the freeways. And again, that's state of Arizona. I remember. I remember. This is about six months ago. I remember saying I called up Vince Leach and I said, "Hey, do you got you got someone at ADOT that you can light a fire under their butt to clean up some highway?" I got to give him credit. Whatever call he made, they started cleaning up I ten, but it needs to be consistent, right? But I ten's a garbage can. It's a garbage can, right? If you look at the amount of traffic that goes through I ten. And then if you saw the ADOT not-so-regular cleanup of I-10, you would go, well, that don't make sense. <laughs> and then Bev later said, how could uh, Rex Scott, who can we replace them with? Well, there's definitely uh, a few folks and one or two that I know who will be excellent candidates to get rid of Rex. But again, a little bit of a cautionary tale for everyone around the campfire today. I'll get the country time lemonade. <laughs> Is um, this whole thing of what happened in the 2020 election, right? We had a contentious primary where we had four people just beat the hell out of each other. Remember it well. Right? And then uh, the Steve guy gets in and really 100% to Allie Miller's endorsement. Smart guy. He's a very smart guy. Smarmy a little bit, but smart. And um, he um, he had no dough, right? And, and, and Rex, is, Rex was piling on the money. And he just... So, so in a... Check this out. This is how much of a crap candidate Rex Scott is, right? is he barely beat Steve Spade. Barely. In a hate Trump down Republican year, right? Ended up being a very close count. You're right. Rex had six figures in funding. Steve had 
I'm telling you, I met with Steve for coffee two days after the primary. That guy had uh, uh, 111 bucks to his name. And 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 throw in there that that whole idea of the lady who was handing out federal only ballots at the Udall Center election center. That we have no idea how many. Isn't that something? Right. So with all of that, Rex Scott barely beat Steve, who was not a good candidate. Smart, smarmy, but had no team. Like literally a friend of the show who loves Allie Miller. He was on the Bill Beard train. Okay. Steve wins, sends him a donation and sends an email to say, hey, what is, can you, I need a sign and maybe you give me a couple others. I can have some neighbors put it up. Never gets a call back. Right. So I don't know how many of those happen. So even with that kind of sloppiness, Rex Scott barely missed, barely missed losing, winning this thing. Barely missed, lo- barely won. Let me say that again. Let me smack myself. You know, kiss myself. Smack myself. Stand back. Um, barely won. Barely. Have you heard this guy talk? He, I mean, I mean, if he's a he's a he's a slow pontificator. There's no emotional investment in Rex Scott, but he had a buttload of money and he barely won. But remember, the, the the Republican circling firing squad will will line up in about uh, six to eight months. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. You'll have some, I think there'll be some really good people that want to do this. And then I'm sure you'll have some uh, purity folks out there who will probably say that they're commie bastards who don't like Republicans. Like, not Chris's first rodeo. Wake up, Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Again, Best name for a jazz group ever. Snarky puppy. Wake up. Got a jambone. I think we're going to make some jambone soup tonight with the little navy beans and a jambone. Look at you. Name of the song is Jambone by Snarky Puppy. Thank you, Christopher. I remember Elaine's older boyfriend liked navy beans. The guy who uh, she was feeding him the soup. And she is that sings right? about navy beans. I'm just yeah. telling you. I so. remember that one. Well. Got to hang out with me more. Got to go deeper on the useless right. references, as we like to say. Uh, Dr. Neil's like, Just why don't, don't make me play uh, Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, what's happening, sweetheart? Um, uh, Dr. Neil says, why don't we using county and state prisoners to regularly clean the um, the highways, right? Well, of course, right? But see, the, 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 the man and woman powers there, Neil. It's about planning and will. I mean, that's where you're at. I mean, you're right. There's a truckload of humans to go clean that they can go get. Based on the way things are going there, it might be nice to get out of there every once That's in a while. I, I'm just saying. That's a, if, I was, if I was in the stir, I'd be want to go out and do road work all day long. Get a little vitamin D, a little fresh air. Don't want to spend too much time in that yard. You'll get in trouble. Somehow, when, you'll, you'll, you'll get a tooth, one of those uh, sharpened toothbrush shivs right in your all leg as you're just trying to. You know, sit and read your Voltaire in the in the yard. Um, <laughs> uh, let's do let's do a little. I want to do a little good news here. Let's do a, I always, you know, for Gloria and Betsy, who you know always say Chris is too much of a downer. Um, I like this one, Lydia Booth. She uh, and I got a good one, a good local story too. We'll get to uh, right after this one. So she's from Mississippi. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-A-I. 
Um, Who doesn't still do that <laughs> as an adult? How do you, you spell, write it out? How do you spell Connecticut? Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Connect. I cut. Right? It's it's it. They work because they the it, you remember it. Right. Memory device for the Great Lakes. Homes. Huron, on ah. Ontario, Michigan, Erie, Superior. I'd never heard that one, but I like it. Just hang out with me more. I got I got more useless that's stuff. I told you that three Again, minutes just ago. No D&D, um, you'd make a great D&D ranger, I think, personally. Uh, so anyway, Lydia Booth, third grader, Mississippi. And so she said she, they, they had a mask mandate at their school during the, during the silliness. And um, so what happened was she saw that people had, some of these kids had different sayings on their masks. So she wanted to wear a mask that said, Jesus loves me. So, of course, she got cracked down by the school for wearing her Jesus loves me in Simpson County, Mississippi. Hmm. Uh, Lydia, I chose, uh, I chose the mask because it had my favorite words on it, Jesus loves me, and it made me feel safe when I went to school. I know you leftists are listening to this going, oh, she's some sort of superstitious loser. With her favorite words on her mask. That's why you're, some of you are sadder than you think. Uh, when the school said she was told she couldn't wear a mask with words on it, the lawsuit notes that she had worn the mask several times before without incident, and other students worriedly wore masks with words on it. Uh, several days later, she was asked to remove the Jesus Love Me mask before she went into the school cafeteria. The lawsuit noted, noted that her mask caused no disruptions, and other students did not object to her mask. Uh, at the time, the district did not have a policy that prevented Lydia from wearing the mask, expressing religious beliefs. In fact, the district policy stated that it recognizes the right to f- the students' right to free speech, provided it's exercised in a manner which is not prohibited by law or disrupts the educational pro- process. Several days later, the district changed its mask policy to prevent religious or political statements. Based on a third grader. Because she put Jesus loves me. So the one thing that comes to mind as you tell me the story. Yes. Of all the places in the country where that I wouldn't know. work, the last place I would have thought would Old be Mississippi. Mississippi. Um, so, of course, just when you think there's some sort of kind of bastion of such stuff, right? Uh, some, of our, some of our brothers and sisters who are leftists, they're, they're kind of everywhere. Right, they've been educated by the same universities, and that have kind of ruined a bunch of other people in this world. Faith, family, and schools, kids—that's the long play here. So anyway, in the end, um, she won her lawsuit, and uh, that she can uh, wear her uh, wear her Jesus loves me mask. Hopefully, she doesn't have to wear a mask ever again. But uh, I like the idea that uh, you know. She uh, believes in her faith. She wanted to carry it on her stupid mask, and uh, she won a court. So, uh, again, all of these policies, as they as we look back, are just worse and worse and worse. Uh, the other good news story, and this was from um, our friends at the Rotary Club, and of course, we've been partnering with the Rotary Club on their car show, which Matt Neely was present at, manning the KVOI tent. Correct. This last year. It's a great show. October. Yep. And uh, our friends at Tucson Rotary donated $252,000 to the JTED program 
to support uh, kids getting uh, practical vocational uh, educations. Uh, based on their 20,000 attendees uh, that they had last year, uh, friend of the show, Kathy Prather, JTED CEO, we're grateful and honored to have received such a great donation from the Rotary Club from the proceeds from their car show. And um, we appreciate the club having the vision to support JTED youth as we pursue they pursue their careers and post-secondary education. So kudos to our friends at Tucson Rotary. Again, you know, you've been, uh, of course, Rotary is very big on literacy programs too, which again... Remember, number one problem in Tucson is always going to be water just because of the state we live in. Number two is literacy, right? Number three is just education, right? And JTED is is, is attempting to uh, enable an education for kids that will have, even though they've been let down by some of these their regular uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic part of their lives, that they can get a job that actually pays them an above average wage instead of just working at quick trip and then moving over to a call center job. And so, uh, but the education thing, again, I'm telling you, and if, if, if this is, this is what all these people don't get. Right. So when I hear the lady, uh, whatever her name is, Penelope Jacks, whatever, she's the one with the, uh, she loves the, um, the taxpayer, uh, baby, uh, babysitting the daycare that the county's paying into. Yep. Right? Just, she's, I think that's her. And she's at the board, man. This is great. Again, I can't take her seriously. Like, I can't take the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the chamber of, the chamber of everything's great over there with Guyman and the crew, right? Is none of them want to talk about education for reals. Right, we have splashy names like workforce development and things like this, and and this is what this is why the Grahalva's grip on TUSD and the foolishness at Sunnyside and Amphi, right? And I'll keep saying it over and over again: is this education is the great equalizer? Sure, right. That's the great equalizer. It opens the doors, right? And even if you did an okay job. Let's say if TUSD, Sunnyside, and Amphi just did an average job of educating, Tucson would be so much better, right? I mean, why is it so hard if, why is it, so if, with all of the stuff that the people that run TUSD say are challenges, right? Low-income families, single-parent moms, we've heard of all those all these different uh, things that can affect a kid's education. Why is it so hard for anyone to expect? Now, I'm telling you this. This is. Can we have 50% of the kids in those schools, right, be able to read? Can we have 50? I feel like Molly Shannon. 50. 5-0. I kick, I stretch, and I kick again. Right? Why is that so hard? Why is that not a see when this is my like when 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 the, the Ted and the SALC are like oh we're so proud that we 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 work together across the aisle to do taxpayer funded daycare. Do you think you could actually none of them would have the guts to say this. We demand that every public school in the Tucson region has 50% of the kids can read at level. 
right? And if you did that, the amount of lives you could change for the better is astounding. Astounding, right? So think about it. If TUSDs in the 30s, right? Uh, Amphi and uh, they're probably 60 between Amphi and uh, Sunnyside, right? So we're talking 100,000 kids. If we could get 50,000 of those kids to actually read decently instead of some of them at 16,000, right? That's a delta. Don't ask TUSD, all right? But let's say we could get 34,000 kids in this community more to read at level. It's a, it's a game changer. It may not sound like a sexy game changer, but that's a game changer. So, and it's amazing, right? Of all the pivot playbooks, right? Regional town halls and studies. We're in a community that feels like 50% kids reading in school. We don't want to talk about it. Right? I mean, that's, what are we doing? I mean, that's, that's, that's it. You want low hanging fruit to fix Tucson? I know it goes, it's going to go back to the Higgins D. Simone faith family schools, but that's where you're at. Right. And set a goal. That's if they say, well, it's unachievable. That's the kind of goal you set. You aim high right? because what if you aim for 50 and you get say 42% or so you're still better off. Right. So you really have to have to challenge yourself as a district. I mean, and you know, we can talk about all the factors that lead into this broken families and parents that are uninvolved or more interested in, you know, whatever personal demons they're chasing than, than, uh, you know, keeping their kids accountable and responsible. Right. Um, so there's a lot of factors involved here. Um, but the, you know, the school should set themselves, should set themselves a high stand, a high goal and you might achieve part of it or you might achieve more of it than you think you will. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. So if, if you, I mean, that's the way it's supposed to work. You aim high, Right. And whatever it plays out in the first couple of years, if you could get it to 42%, and we're talking about 100,000 kids, right? This makes the math easier, right? Then all of a sudden, you have 42 instead of 16. Well, that's 26,000 lives you've changed. That's a hell of an effect. 26,000 lives you made better. You gave them the tool to possibly improve themselves and make them a better part of society. Now, again, I, I guess there's some of you out there, do you, I, I mean, if you're into governance, do you, are you, are, I know we always say government likes dumb popula- a dumb populace. I mean, do you guys, are, are you really waking up thinking that? If you are, I, I'll pray for you because that's a sick place to be, right? But again, an ignorant populace is way easier to govern. I mean, look at an ignorant populace over COVID lockdowns. You've got a lot of people out there that think if I send an angry petition that, you know, oh, I had 5,000 people sign this petition, that's how you change a law or something. Right. Right. And that that's, that's where we're at. Or if we have this uh, violent demonstration or mostly peaceful protest, I'm sorry, that, that uh, this is going to change. Hey. Well, that's where we're at. So I don't know how I got, I, I, or if I, or if I tweet enough, well, this, <laughs> I don't know how this all started, but I'm just telling you in the end. Um, and it's all, oh, it started with the Rotary club. 
right? And giving $252,000 to JTED, which is great. But again, we're always working around the problem, right? Now, JTED is great. And even if the schools were coming, you need JTED. But what I'm telling you is everything's a workaround, right? No one wants to tell the powers that be proudly and publicly, we need this, right? All of my news hawks out there, you're watching the news, you're still reading the Dead Star, whatever is going on. How many people have you seen come out there and go, man, we need to get reading levels to 50%. Now we're going to take 50% of the kids and still, they're going to struggle like hell, which is still unacceptable. But you know something? You got to start somewhere. But we can't do 50%. Can't do it. You know? Uh, And again, the public schools, you know, there are schools that are doing 50%. There are some that aren't doing, like Cat Foothills isn't as good as you think. Right? When you look at them overall, they're probably in the, they're probably 60-ish, which is way better than 16. Right? I look at the, when I used to look at the Lehman schools, we were running 80 for the 85% of kids at reading level. And trust me, the ones that weren't at reading level, we were getting them there before it was all over. Or they were just fighting you. Like, I don't want to read. Right? But, which is, I guess, possible. But this is where we're at. So kudos to Tucson Rotary for supporting JTED and their literacy stuff in the past. Because in the end, and again, I, I know this is a nationwide problem. I'm not saying this is just us. But this is called Wake Up Tucson. We're focusing on making this a better community because the working poor is getting crushed. And the less they know, the easier it is to crush them. 7.50 in the morning, you're on Wake Up Tucson. 10.30 The Voice, local news and talk. Stanley Jordan covers the Beatles. Here we go. Wake Up Tucson, 10.30 The Voice, local news and talk. No Joe Jazz Wednesday. All right. Welcome back to the Wake Up Tucson show. 10.30 The Voice. Local news and talk. Uh, let's have a little fun here with the Babylon Bee kids. Washington, D.C. First, there was the loaves and the fishes. Then came the Trump presidency. Um, but the United States, thank you with your pop-up, go to heck, um, has been blessed to witness another miracle as what could it be? President Joseph Biden has ended the COVID-19 pandemic three times in a row. No other president has ended the COVID-19 pandemic even once, let alone three times, said KJP at a press conference that still bars entry to anyone who has not tested negative. And just look how happy he is. For the pandemic that's, that's over. However, we must make this clear. The ongoing pandemic, which President Biden has ended three times, is not over. That is satire, but it's well played. Um, critics have voiced concerned about Biden taking credit for ending the ongoing panic, um, um, which, of course, um, this is this is sublime. They wonder if Trump should also re- cre- receive credit for Operation Warp Speed, which helped rush Pfizer's perfect 100% effective COVID vaccine into our veins and then our hearts. 
<laughs> At publishing time, Biden's team had confirmed there will be a fourth pandemic-ending miracle in our future right before the 2024 election. <laughs> ah, that's good. But he, he has ended it three times. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid in Scranton. <laughs> I ended the Spanish flu pandemic. <laughs> Corn Pop said to me, you know, he was a bad dude. Corn Pop. I'm serious. <laughs> Corn Pop told me, you should end the pandemic one more time, this Spanish flu thing. Now, I just want to tell you, I've been in office long enough that I actually ended the bubonic plague pandemic wow. also. Just telling you. Got my, I got my uh, Florence. I got my death mask made by a Florence artist, and I said it's uh, it's over. It's still completo. You know, between doing that voice for Biden, I might I might go back into my. I, I, I oh, a couple of you asked me because I thought maybe Mark Fincham fired me off of his email list. But no, thank Jesus he did not. <laughs> my my. My day is complete that I'm still on the Mark Fincham money train. Um, now, if we get... I'm going to tell you something. If we get um, a, a Groundhog Day fraud reference tomorrow in the email, I'm just going to... I've got a plots, dude. It's the best. Need 13 cents. If, if oh, so. for Fraud Hog Day or Ground Fraud Day? Ground Fraud Day. Ground Fraud Day. <laughs> There's a different animal. Poxatani Steel is his name. Poxatani Steel. Um, so Phil didn't see a shadow, but you can fill my campaign coffers. Why the left needs this movement to die. But a loss. He used the word a loss. Thank you, Mark. Well played. We haven't backed down. I got a friend of mine is literally, every time I do this, he's like, Chris, you're just right close to doing Mark Fincham televangelist. It feels like a tele. You can, here's the best way. Now you can, you can donate big today <laughs> to stick it to the left and show them we're not done. You can rush, there's a f rush $50 of support or rush $250 of support. <laughs> Let's get back to pandemics. Those are more fun than Mark Fincham. Um, so uh, I have a CNN article and a Daily Mail here, but the this these are the things that disappear when Biden ends the, quote, COVID national public health emergency in May. Now, remember, he's doing this now because the uh, the Republican House is, is, is going to pass a bill soon that they will declare the end of the pandemic, right? And so he's trying to head this off that they don't have to vote, have Democrats vote uh, on a, we're ending the pandemic. Defuse the bomb. Right. Now, of course, if I'm McCarthy, what I say is, uh, I know the Babylon Bee is just a satire, but this president has, quote, verbally said he's ending the pandemic three times so far. So we're still going through with the vote. 
Except for yesterday, when he also said he's the Supreme Court's going to decide when oh, it's that's over right. or something he, he like that. The, so he grabbed the, very, he's a very confused guy. He grabbed the reporter's umbrella, right? Right. And he's like, this is he ending when to. the Supreme Court says so. <laughs> I do like the meme of the brand new way of securing um, documents. Billy Beard put it up there. It's the uh, garage, the LiftMaster garage door opener. <laughs> <laughs> When we come back, I want to talk about a statement by soon-to-be-impeached, hopefully, Senator uh, Secretary Mayorkas. And it's kind of one of those things where when you've had the keys to the kingdom for four, 24 months, this one doesn't make sense. We'll do that when we come back.